Hello and welcome to Self-Help for the Soul, your home of all things practical spirituality with your host, Jackie Sif. Fellow human being, welcome to today's podcast episode all about beginning to explore your trauma and starting out on what can only be an incredibly beneficial, if not sometimes freaking harrowing journey. It has been a really long time since I have recorded a podcast, I think almost three months. It has been a really long time since I have been able to be fully present with you all and really in a space where I feel ready to tap back in. And that's because I personally have over the last three months gone through what is showing itself to me as the most transformative period of my life, really. There's no other way to say it. I have been in the most rock bottom of rock bottoms and experienced such intense emotions that I actually didn't even know I was capable of, which is a whole nother story. But what it has shown me is so much. And I am beginning to get ready to get ready to get ready to start sharing about some of the things that I went through, but I'm not 100% there yet. And that's not because I am wanting to hide anything from you guys or anything like that it's more because I want to ensure that when I share it's coming from an empowered place and not a disempowered place so I really thank you all for respecting that and for all of the love that I'm still receiving on a daily basis from so many of you reaching out and giving support and encouragement even though you have no idea what's going on it really does mean probably more to me than you can imagine so thank you all to everybody who has done that who has sent me messages about sending me distance reiki and putting me in their morning prayers and everything what a wonderful community i have so if you are part of that thank you i'm gonna have a sip of tea and i'm probably gonna do that throughout this podcast by the way and i like when i say i i mean my (laughs) podcast assistant nira she's amazing i don't really edit this too much so you'll probably hear that like right now Oh yeah, sloppy, so good. (laughs) So guys, why I want to speak to you about this subject today is because (sighs) everything I have been through over the last couple of months has shifted my world profoundly. And I don't just mean my personal life, I mean the way that I look at everything, including my business and including the way that I show up and serve this world And the kind of work that I've done, many of you guys, in fact, I would almost, you know, bet my hat on it that the majority of you guys are here because you followed me for my positive high vibes and my inspiration and the mindset stuff and the, yeah, you know, bulletproof belief system and da, 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 and all of those good things. All of the mental tools that I have dedicated the last 10 to 12 years to fucking mastering. And I've loved that version of me. She has helped me move through some extremely challenging times. But what the last couple of months have shown me is that sometimes positive affirmations, they don't do shit to get you out of a harrowing, harrowing, challenging time. So this really began to open up a whole new field for me where I started exploring things on a far deeper level. 
And going through what I was going through, there was no way that, you know, writing down three things I was grateful for or shifting my perspective on whatever was going to help me. Instead, what really helped me was actually sitting with my feelings and really beginning to explore the depth of emotion that I carry as a human being, that each and every one of us carry as a human being. And for me, that really looked like sitting with the trauma that I had experienced over the last few months and really allowing it to be witnessed in its full, full capacity with no judgment, at least not in the moment. (laughs) Hang on, another sip of tea. Damn, girl's thirsty today. And one of the greatest things that really helped me to move through this time was breath work. So I'm really, really excited as well to tell all of you guys, if you haven't already seen on Instagram, that I am officially studying to become a breathwork facilitator. So I'm really looking forward to being able to intertwine this work into the way that I serve too. And what I love about the school that I'm with is that not only do they teach you how to obviously create and and hold and facilitate a transformational breathwork journey for somebody, but the entire first part basically of the training is really dedicated to teaching you or teaching me how to really go to the depths of myself and the shadows and the darkness in order to illuminate them so that they can be brought into the light. And prior to even starting this breathwork facilitator training, that's literally what my last three months have been really focused on. Not so much bringing into the light, but really sitting with the dark, really experiencing the rock bottom that I was in due to numerous different things. So this really led me down a journey to start exploring trauma. And it's as if the universe was just like throwing things at me to confirm that this was the way to go because, you know, books started appearing, mentors started appearing, articles started appearing, podcasts started appearing, all of these different things started linking me and leading me into this new journey of self-discovery on a really deep level. Because The thing is here, fam, we talk about beliefs and mindset and all of this a lot, right? And again, these mental tools are extremely beneficial to have, but your shit goes so much deeper than just a belief. Your belief is only a thought that you continue to think, but your beliefs and these thoughts, they come from emotion and emotion comes from your core conditioning. Now your core conditioning is formed in your formative years and that's anywhere between you know, two and 12 years old. But even more so, what I'm going to be exploring with you guys today is the trauma that actually happens before those two years. Now, before we get really into this, I do just want to make a bit of a disclaimer and say that I am by no means a trauma expert. I am by no means, yeah, like super qualified in trauma or gone to psychotherapy school, although I am actually starting my qualification in psychology really soon, which I'm so excited about because I'm going to be combining breathwork, psychology, energy tools, everything into a super transformative healing modality that I work with my clients with. So I'm really excited about everything that's coming. But right now in this moment, what I am sharing with you guys is my own explorative journey that I have found over the last couple of months and the, the, the things and the tools and the processes that have really helped me. So I'll be drawing from, you know, a lot of the things that I've been listening to, but mostly one of the biggest influences on not only today's podcast, but the way that I've been moving through this is the book, The Body Keeps Score by Dr. Bessel van der Kalk. Van der Kirk, where's my book? Let me check. Bessel van der Kalk. 
So the body keeps score, mind, brain, and body in the transformation of trauma. It is an incredible read. Don't be put off by how little the words are and how big the pages are. Trust me when I say you cannot put it down. I genuinely haven't over the last three weeks that I've been reading it. So let's talk a little bit about trauma. Let's talk a little bit about how do you begin the journey in exploring your trauma. First, I want to begin by saying trauma is potentially something a little different than what you might perceive it to be. I know that growing up, I always thought trauma was really acute, inflicted, violent, you know, physical or sexual trauma, like abuse on somebody. And it absolutely is. And there is not one person in this world that can tell you whether you, whether your trauma is trauma or not, right? It is a very, very wide scale of things that are classified as trauma but I had a very very narrow mindset of or a narrow view of what I thought trauma was and you know whenever I would hear people talk about oh your trauma like your trauma I would always be like I don't have any trauma like I I yeah I've had tough times and you know there was a lot of stuff in my childhood where I really battled with kind of not not ever feeling good enough as I was because of kind of conditional loving that went on but you know in terms of like trauma I think I was all right, you know, and it wasn't until just recently that I really realized we all have trauma. At least I would say a lot of us have trauma that we are very, very unaware of. So trauma is not necessarily one big thing that happens to you and that's it. And it has to be this like really, really intense, you know, abusive experience. And again, I'm not, I really don't want to make it sound like I'm undermining that if that did happen to you. In fact, I can actually give you guys a perfect example. I've never, ever shared this before, really with a lot of people, let alone on my podcast or in my community, but, and I'll explain why, but one of the things that can happen and why we sometimes feel like, oh, we haven't had trauma is because we're really good at disassociating from these harrowing experiences unless we're really aware of what's going on in the moment. So I was about 18 years old, maybe 19. And we were, me and a bunch of my friends were cheerleaders for the Sevens Rugby. It's like this rugby competition that we have here in New Zealand and I think somewhere else around the world too. South Africa, maybe? I don't know. Hong Kong, whatever. Anyway, I was there for the cheerleading. I used to be a a competitive cheerleader. I was team captain of one of the teams. It was amazing. But anyway, this this particular team I was in, we were performing at the Sevens Rugby here in New Zealand. And there was this really cute rugby player. And we went out that night, like me and the, the other people I was cheerleading with, and I ended up hooking up with this rugby player. And I was drunk, I was having heaps of fun, like I genuinely never in my life have been with a, I mean, have been a person who quote unquote sleeps around. I've been very, very conscious from a young age that my energetic body and someone else's energetic body mesh and mold when you have sex. And so you take on the energy. So my rule literally from really young has always been, I never sleep with anybody I don't want to be. But anyway, on this particular night, I was drunk, like 18, 19 years old. I must have been older. Maybe it was like 20. I don't know. Anyway, 19 or 20. And anyway, I'm hooking up with this rugby player. He's super cute. I'm having the best time. And then he's like, well, should we go back to my hotel room? And I'm like, 
drunk as yeah it's a great idea no inhibitions <laughs> zero you know thoughts on any of the energy stuff because when you're drunk your consciousness just goes out the fucking window I'm just giggling because I can hear so many of you guys agreeing with that right now but anyway so we go back to his hotel room and when we open the door there's another man in there and I just assumed he would like be leaving or something because like obviously things about to get nailed air up in this Instead, I was literally like essentially put onto the bed and forced to have sex with two men. And it's really interesting for me to talk about. And this came out with my psychologist the other day when we were talking about it. I just said to her, you know, because she was like, that's that's really intense. And I just went, is it? Like, I just don't even know. Like, there was so much of me that, that disassociated out of that time because what happened is after that had happened to me, uh, and just let me be clear, guys, I never wish this upon anybody, what I'm about to tell you. But what happened to me is, you know, after this experience happened where I literally was saying like, no, I don't want to do this. And I was literally like put on put onto the bed and basically forced to be a part of this. I told my friend and she was like, well, you should have known better hooking up with a rugby player. I then also told one of my recent partners and he said to me, well, well, you know, you could have left. And both of those statements made me feel like I had done something wrong and like it was my fault. And why I'm sharing the story with you guys now is because that trauma that happened to me when I was 19 or 20 or however old I was, my body was frozen in time from a lot of moments going forward any sort of situation that might have resembled that or anything my body literally was frozen in time because in the moment of the trauma itself my natural instinct to fight or to flight so to fight or to run away both of those were not prohibited what's the word like they were stopped I couldn't do either of them and instead my body went into freeze and I basically just I just remember thinking of happy things and again why I share this with you is because I want to really encourage you all to start looking back over your life and questioning the things that have happened that you kind of just glaze over as normal or okay or part of life that actually have had a significant effect on your emotional body that you are now unaware of and anyway why this stuff is really important to start understanding is because trauma again it doesn't need to be one big thing like like what I just shared with you all trauma as defined by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk is an event that overwhelms the central nervous system altering the way that you process and recall memory okay so this is why so many PTSD or people who have PTSD oh I just looked at my timer it was 4444 so many people who have PTSD their memories come back to them in fragments as do many people who who experience trauma and then try to recall it their memory literally comes back to them in fragments trauma is not something that you recall as one solid memory from start to finish right this happened at this time and then this happened it's a very fragmented experience because 
your I can't remember which side of your brain it is I literally am having a mind blank is it the right side that's analytical or the left side I think it's uh, anyway whatever the logical analytical one it, it like it okay wait I'm totally getting my I, there's like 50,000 things that wanting to come out here so I'm just going to focus on my original train of thought there long story short your brain recalls trauma in fragments so you might feel sensations or you might feel this you know anybody out there who's who feels like they've just got this gnawing sense of anxiety or this gnawing sense of fear and they've got no idea where it comes from chances are you've experienced a trauma that you haven't actually dealt with as I say it's really important to understand that if you were like me and you were like I've never experienced like a blunt force trauma isn't like a, a something really intense that happened to you in one experience trauma is anything that happens where your nervous system feels overwhelmed so when we broaden the definition of trauma to include that this is where I say I can guarantee almost every single person I know has experienced trauma to some level or another because how many of you have had arguments with people where you have felt your yourself just completely shut down and, and overwhelmed because someone is really enraged or they are shouting? How many of you guys have ever felt unsafe in a situation like I did and you just froze? How many of you guys have had any kind of experience that makes you feel so completely overwhelmed that you just don't know what to do and instead you just stand there, right? Now, why it's important to start exploring your trauma and getting to the core of it and really working through it and bringing it into the light so to speak is because if you don't you are always going to be unconsciously operating from that trauma so if you have experienced something that has locked itself in time and i'll explain that in a minute and it is still unmet as in you haven't worked on it and you haven't actually brought it into the light and you haven't actually move through the way that your behaviors are coming from that place you are always going to be coming from that place now let me quickly define what I mean when I talk about in time now I can't remember which book it was I read I think it was the anatomy of spirit I think it was the anatomy of spirit where she Caroline Miss she defines trauma as essentially what happens when you experience again something really overwhelming that isn't able to be processed or worked through so it doesn't have closure and it freezes in your energetic body so now we're talking energy all right and what that means is that say for example you were two years old and you had your favorite blanket taken away from you because it needed a wash now you were really attached to this blanket it helped you to get to sleep at night you thought it was alive like you and your blanket would BFF and it was taken away from you to go into the wash that could have traumatized the fuck out of you because you could have felt really scared when that was taken away. You could have been experiencing so many different emotions. But what happened, perhaps your parents said to you, oh, don't be silly, like it's just in the wash, stop crying, right? You couldn't process the emotions that losing your blanket actually gave you. And instead you had to bottle them up and you had to swallow them, which then literally freezes that two-year-old version of you in time, which means that any other experience going forward that even briefly resembles that or even resembles that for like a, a one-fifth of a fraction of a second, that two-year-old part of you kicks in. And that two-year-old part of you is the one that has the reactive behavior when something in your adult life resembles that initial core trauma or wound. Boom. So now we're really getting to the magic of stuff. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of an example of one thing that I'm really working through at the moment when it comes to original trauma. And just FYI, like what I'm, again, I just want to say what I'm sharing today 
is not the trauma I've been through in the last three months. The trauma I've been through in the last three months is a very physical trauma, is a very emotional trauma. So I will speak about that when I'm ready. (laughs) But I want to give you guys a bit of an example from my own childhood. So one of my core wounds that I thought I had dealt with, but that seems to keep rearing its head, is a core wound of abandonment. Having this feeling, this this unconscious, and subconscious and unconscious are very different as well, guys. Unconscious is a completely unknown, okay? Many of us are aware of our subconscious beliefs and that kind of thing, but how many of you are actually aware of the unconscious motives that are ruling your life? So for me, the sphere of abandonment was is a very unconscious core wound that rules so much of my behavior. Now, what happened for me is when I was about eight months old, and this is why it's really important to explore this, and I'm going to give you guys five, five ways to do that or five steps to do that in a minute. But when I was eight months old, I, my, my uncle, who's a doctor, and my mum and my dad were having dinner at our house. And on the baby monitor, they heard me mewing like a little kitten. So my uncle went in to check on me and he said, we need to get this little girl to hospital now. And they rushed me to hospital. Turns out I had meningoencephalitis, which is an incredibly dangerous disease to have, especially for an infant. I had meningoencephalitis. The doctors whisked me away, put me in a room, separated me from my mother, and I had to have a spinal tap at eight months old. Now, my mum said that the doctors wouldn't allow her into the room to be with me. They wouldn't allow her to see me. So in my eight-month-old infant mind, my mother was gone. And these strangers who were hurting me replaced my mother, my primary caregiver. My mum said all she could hear was me screaming and howling. And she said it was the most harrowing experience that either her or I had been through. And... As an infant, guys, we have zero capacity to understand, oh, I'm just at the doctor's. Okay, mum's just out there. I just can't see her. She's definitely coming back. Like, it's all good in the hood. I'll get some booby soon. But, you know, I'm I'm, I'm just going to sit here and get this fucking needle put into my back. Like, it's all good. (laughs) We have no concept of that whatsoever. Our world revolves around our primary caregiver, drinking, pooing, breathing, interacting through smiles and learning our social skills. But it has no concept. Our infant brain has absolutely no concept because it's still run by our reptilian brain, which is the oldest brain. It dates back to 2.2 million years old, right? That's our reptilian brain. Now, all of our survival instincts run under the reptilian brain. So again, it's just concerned with like living (laughs) and surviving, really. So there's no concept of understanding that just because mum isn't with me right now doesn't mean that she's never going to come back. It's simply just a temporary thing. There is no understanding of that whatsoever. So in that moment, I developed a core wound, or at least I, I'm now beginning to understand that I developed a core wound of abandonment during that time. And that can lead to a myriad of different beliefs. That can lead to beliefs like, I can't trust love. That can lead to beliefs like, or associating love with abandonment. There's, there's so many different ways that that can present itself in, its, in, in your belief system from core wound experiences like that. So why it's really important to identify these core wounds that that are created in your bio system is because you need to witness them as in be present with them 
and understand them in order to heal them. This is not something that you can just bypass with a positive affirmation. Positive affirmations are amazing and they are for when you have done the hard shit. They're for when you need that like top up, right? They are what we call working from the top down, meaning using your mind to access the body. But to truly reveal and heal trauma, you need to be doing it from a bottom up approach, in my opinion, anyway. And bottom up means through the body, in and through the body, right? That's why I'm obsessed with breath work, one of the many modalities I love. So let me run you guys through five reasons or five things, sorry, five steps to really exploring or beginning to explore your own trauma. Because again, your beliefs are just thoughts that you keep thinking. Your thoughts are originated through emotion, but your emotions are originated through your core conditioning, through your core shaping experiences. So it's really important to understand like, yeah, you might have been a really loved child and had good things happen to you and you weren't abused or neglected or anything. But remembering that trauma means anything that overwhelms your central nervous system affecting the way that you process and recall memory remembering that that is the wider definition of trauma understanding that you have that is going to help you a shitload so let's get into this how to begin exploring your trauma the first thing that I recommend you to do is pay attention to repetitive patterns that show up in your life so what kind of experiences do you keep attracting now This is really cool to also look at from a law of attraction point of view because you can understand and see how they actually work together here. If you as a being, right, you are consistently and constantly projecting or broadcasting out not only your conscious, but your complete unconscious too. And this is why I think mainstream manifesting misses out so much in its education because it just talks about like, you know, the conscious and believing and da 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 but it doesn't actually do any work with the unconscious or yet I'm, I'm still yet to meet a lot of teachers who do speak about the unconscious too. We are literally holograms, okay? And I know I'm getting super sciencey now, but let me just, just bear with me. It's really fucking worth it. When you understand that we are holograms, meaning that any part of us can be taken away and we will still reveal the whole, you can understand that even if we're just consciously projecting out the things that we desire, the universe is actually reading our entire energy blueprint, our entire energy calling card. And maybe I'll do another episode on on the holographic universe because that's also a really cool thing to kind of understand and play with a little bit. But Why I say that here is because when you are broadcasting out your energetic signal, you are broadcasting out all of your conscious and your unconscious. So if you are consistently attracting repetitive situations into your life, maybe you keep falling into the same kind of relationship just with a different looking person. Maybe you keep finding yourself applying for jobs and experiencing the same shitty experiences in your career. Maybe you find yourself, you know, with an inability to hold strong friendships, whatever, but if you, or even a really, really common one is health. Like people just not taking their health seriously, committing for a week and then falling off the wagon. So really paying attention to repetitive patterns that show up in your life. And a great way to do this is simply by becoming conscious. And what I mean by that, grab a notebook, go to your local Paper Plus or Wickholes or Barnes and Nobles or whatever. Now that we're in COVID lockdown here in New Zealand, shop online, homies. <laughs> but grab a notebook and start writing down all of the repetitive things that you notice during your day, the repetitive thoughts, 
the repetitive emotions, the repetitive loops that your brain gets stuck on, and then kind of widening that a little bit more and looking at your most intimate relationships, looking at the things that that happen in your life that are really repetitive. Because often when we're attracting repetitive situations, even though we might be doing all the mindset work, it's because we have this unmet part of ourselves that lies in our trauma. The second thing that I recommend is to document events that you feel a strong emotional surge around. So that means looking back over your life, maybe, you know, from when you were born, whatever you can remember, and documenting the ones that you have a really powerful emotion associated with. So for example, my trauma that I've been through over the last couple of months, it's fucking huge emotion. Like that's why I'm, you know, I'm. it's like this fiery red ball that I am just beginning to to water down but all of these events in your life whether they were in your childhood maybe as a teenager maybe as an adult again remembering that trauma is not necessarily something that only happens when you're a kid too trauma can happen and often happens as an adult too so really looking at what are the events in my life that I have a strong emotional surge around when I think about them could be breakups could be sexual experiences could be you know, things that that other people did to you could be literally anything. But just looking back, you know, we all can recall big moments in our life and kind of just having a think about, wow, which ones do I still carry a lot of strong emotion when I think about them? The third thing that I recommend doing, and this is a baggie, is to speak to your parents about what they can remember about you as a really young child. Because a lot of the stuff that contributes to who you are today as an adult is already formed in like your first two years of earth. So it can be really beneficial to explore that with your parents and to really just ask them like, hey, can you remember anything significant that happened to me that that when I was a child, right? And you know, a lot of people have said to me like, Jackie, my parents will just stare blankly at me if I ask them such like a deep question. But you don't need to, you know, I asked my mum, for example, who who is quite aware of all this stuff. I said to her like, you know, do you remember any traumatic events or anything that would have contributed to this fear of abandonment that I have? And, you know, that's when we started discussing all of these different things. But you can literally just ask your parents like, hey, was there anything big that happened to me as a kid that you can remember where I was really distraught or where something happened that you were worried about me or something happened that could potentially have an effect on me today? Because, you know, a lot of people assume that their parents would just tell them this stuff or would be common knowledge, but you would be so surprised at the amount of people who actually have no idea about a lot of really big things that happen. And, and again, guys, I want you to really widen the focus here. Don't just expect your parents to talk about, you know, physical or sexual abuse. Really invite them to talk about deaths in the family or times where they were not emotionally available to you. Because another big example of this is, and this is something my mum brought up to me tonight as well, is around... You know, she 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 was always a I don't know what I don't know what what it's called, but to get me to sleep, she would always like love on me and hold me and everything, right? And then her mum came over one day, my granny, and she was just like, um, "No, you've got to just let them cry themselves to sleep." So my mum was like, "Okay," and then she tried it for like half an hour. She was so distraught. She ended up really crying. You know, rushed to the room, held me because I was so fucking upset. And then I fell right to sleep. So even that kind of stuff, again, as a two-month-old infant, you have no idea that your mum is coming back. You straight up are fearing for your survival in that moment. And that can literally encode itself into your DNA. So really widen the brim. Some really important things to talk about as well is whether there was any depression or postnatal depression 
in your family when you were born and when you arrived into the scene or even any depression at all when you were a young child. Another crucial question to ask here is what happened to your mum and what was going on in her life when she was in when you were in her womb. Now this is a whole nother thing that I can talk about. I'm I'm also at the moment studying an amazing book called It Didn't Start With You. Can't remember the author, but really, really good. All about how how much of our personality, our conditioning, everything is already created when we are in the womb. How much of our resilience, how much of our immunity, all of the stuff is already created when we are like literally from the moment we are conceived. So it's really important to know if, for example, your mum had, you know, anxiety or depression or she felt really alone or any of that, because all of that stuff is passed on to you. And this is really big, big things that we are discovering here every day, fam, in this realm. So asking, you know, what happened when I was a kid? And also, what happened while I was in womb? While I was in the womb? So the fourth thing that I suggest is to investigate healing therapies and psychotherapies that really call to you. So once you have kind of got an idea of what some of your potential traumatic events could be, Please understand, you guys, that working through trauma is not as simple as just saying a positive mindset and like playing a happy meditation or a dance party song and getting on with your life. Like I'm all about the high vibe modalities. I'm all about that kind of stuff. But I will be honest when I say that shit only works when you've already got a good standing, right? Like having been to rock bottom over the last couple of months, I can tell you that there was no fucking way that a happy song was getting me out of there, right? Probably just made me more enraged because like, ah, oh, like I my shadow wanted me to be in it. And I had to honor that. So investigating healing therapies that are out there. Now, some, it's really cool to be living right now in an age where we get to be aware of both traditional and new age psychotherapies. Psychotherapies is basically like a way to deal with your things by talking. That's, that's like, that's, that's a basic definition, but there are a lot of really cool psychotherapies that are out there. I personally am about to start working with my psychologist doing EMDR, which is about like rapid eye movement and kind of activating my amygdala to process trauma differently because there are some traumas that have happened again, like I say recently to me that my brain is literally stuck on, like it can't process. It's stuck in my amygdala because it felt like it was such under threat. Or rather my amygdala thought that I was under threat that my survival was at stake so it's literally frozen there and I and I have such high emotion around it because I can't process it so this is this probably has happened to many of you guys as well you're just not aware of it so EMDR is a really cool thing that I'm about to start I'll keep you guys updated on how that goes um CBT is one of the most common things this is cognitive behavioral therapy very very common thing for most psychologists to use obviously incredible new age psychotherapies as well things like breath work guys Oh my God, life-changing. I have been working with my breath for the last like three and a half years. And every single time I have such a prolific experience, it always brings me back to center and helps me to really unlock these hidden parts of me that I had no idea existed and really helping me to bring them into into equilibrium. So breathwork is is very high up on my list for healing therapies and modalities around trauma. Movement is always highly recommended with trauma work in this book as well the body keeps score dr bessel van der kock talks often about the importance of rhythmic processes so things even like cooking things like passing a ball back and forth and how that helps people to move from that frozen state into a 
processing state. Now, I'm obviously skimming the surface with this kind of stuff, but you know, even things like inner child work, parts integration work, all of these things are really beneficial when it comes to helping you to begin processing your trauma. But you can absolutely do it on your own. And I know many people that have, and I definitely do a lot of this work on my own, but it is always awesome to work with a professional who has experience in this kind of stuff too. Now, lastly, guys, the biggest piece of advice is to be patient, gentle, and kind because this is a long journey and please never let anybody tell you that it's linear. Healing, and I mean healing on this core level, is not linear. I know personally that the last couple of months for me have been a complete pendulum. It is, you know, I've been in moments of the deepest despair and grief and sadness, swinging all the way up to complete rage then to complete acceptance and then on home and rage again and you know all of these things so healing is not linear and don't ever let anybody tell you that it is so i hope that you guys have really enjoyed uh this podcast and if you have like please actually send me a message and let me know on instagram is probably the best way to contact me you'll just find me at jackie serve i genuinely love hearing your thoughts and especially if anything that i've spoken of really hit home for you because that's why i do this it's not to just like listen to myself on Spotify or Apple iTunes it's to it's to help you and to really you know if I can share any one piece of myself and my story and my journey and it actually affects someone else out there what a fucking dream I'm living so I really genuinely would appreciate it if you guys hit me up and let me know if this has hit home for you if it has inspired you to start investigating your own trauma so that you can start really changing your own behavior and as always guys if you haven't already please go ahead on to apple and rate and subscribe to the podcast it really genuinely helps me to get this message out to so many more people so that's all for today folks thank you all so much for listening and i'll catch you on the flip side peace out bye Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved it as much as I enjoyed recording it, I would really appreciate a screenshot, a tag, and a share on social media telling me what you learned and what you took away and what hit home for you the most so that I can celebrate you and your growth too. If you're feeling extra generous, we always appreciate a review and a subscribe over on Apple Music so that these messages and the juicy things that we talk about can get out to even more people. Lastly, if you would like even more of this epicness, I invite you to come on over and join my free Facebook group, Self-Help for the Soul, where I go live regularly talking about all things practical spirituality and how you can use more of it in your life to live a life that you desire.